Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. You can be seated right now. Thank you, musicians. Thank you, musicians. Come on, don't you think that God who controls the universe, can, if he can keep that in order, can't he get your life back in order? I mean, man, that's an easy one. That's like a little tick for God. It's like not a problem. I can get your life. If I can keep the planets in order today, I can easily get your life back in order. You know, one of the problems is I think it's easier to move from failure to success than it is from the comfort zone to success. I think that may be true in our world sometimes that we we find it incredibly difficult to shift from where we are into the place God wants us because we've got too comfortable where we are right now. Even when everything's spinning out of control, just consider the God who's got the universe in control and surely he can bring your life back into some sort of order today. That might be a word for somebody right there tonight. It's a perpetual miracle of unbiased proportions, the fact that God keeps it all in order, a perpetual miracle. When anybody ever asks you, have you had a miracle today, just be real quick to slip up your hand next time. We've all had a miracle, every one of us. Quite apparent you guys have never seen the war room. No, you haven't. Every single thing around you is a miracle. Every single thing. It's like it takes a lot of little miracles to get a big miracle. Just the miracle of a telephone call. Hey, I'm inviting you to church. What are you guys doing to that thing? Just the miracle of a phone call can change someone's life. The miracle of an invite. The miracle of um, my friend Gary is in heaven. I talked about him at, at, at Transformations, is that what it's called, this morning. He's in heaven today because I simply invited him. If you simply, in, in fact, we invited our whole street How long is it since you invited your whole street? Just invite your whole street to church. Go visit them, knock on their door, tell them I'm inviting you to church just because it's a good idea. That would be a miracle today. That would be a miracle of unparalleled proportions, actually, if that happened within the realms of most churches. If people just live what God said to do, go into all the world and preach the gospel, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils, heal the sick. What else they'll do? Raise the dead. My goodness. Raise the dead. My dead auntie, just talking to my dead auntie. Well, she was dead. You, if I'm talking to my dead auntie, we do have an issue. Um, but talking to my auntie who was. Was anybody here the night I shared that? Like, she is at home now in unbelievable rapid recovery god is a miracle this is multiple myeloma we're talking about that freaks most doctors out but it's not a problem to jesus not a problem to jesus am i anything special just walked in there and proclaimed the love of jesus over her and it's pretty much as simple as that for any one of us i reckon we can all do that every one of us here can do it because god's got us all in control okay you with me I reckon let's go with that tonight and believe God that the greatest day of your life is yet to come. This morning, uh, one of the statements I got the transform people to say was the best is yet to come. I want that to be the title of my message tonight, the best is yet to come. This is a Tuesday night and the best is, let me prophesy over a few people tonight, okay? Let's get every 
every if there's any children here, hold that for me for two seconds. I take this off. It's too hot in here. It's it's um, it's. Thank you, my great friend Basil. I should acknowledge my great friend Basil here tonight. He's been a friend of mine for years, years, years. Um, if there's any children under the age or 12 and under tonight, pop out of your seats and come out here. We're going to pray for every child in the place. If you're 13, we'll accept that too, all right? I just want to pray. I think it's so cool that there are kids in church. Here they come. Look at them. Look at you. You're amazing. What's your name? Georgia. Georgia, you are gorgeous. And look at you, mate, chewing an apple. And <laughs> for it. You, you guys are into the apples, aren't you? Is this your brother? You guys are apple lovers, aren't you? Mark and Ben. Mark and Ben. No, Matt and Ben. Matt and Ben. It's the way you Aussies say Matt. <laughs> Matt and Ben, it's good to have you guys here. Look at you guys, fantastic. What's your name? Oh, Tammy. Tammy. It's absolutely fantastic, Tammy. It's so good to meet you tonight. Is this your sister? Yes. She's gorgeous, isn't she? What's your name? Maya. Sorry? Io, that is such a nice name too. Who have we missed here so far? We've missed you, mate. What's your name? Riley. Riley. Very cool name, that. Fairly handsome-looking dude too. Is this all the kids that are in church? And Olivia, my one of my good friends now, Olivia. <laughs> We're sort of friends now, aren't we? Yeah. And uh, and uh, listen, I'm going to pray for you guys because I want to declare over your lives before anybody else that the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. That that uh, you guys have just got such an amazing future in the house of God because it's in the house of God. Sorry? I thought you might. You're a good good man, though, the way you say that. Just the way you say that, man. That was very, very cool. I believe in God. Any of you other guys believe in God? Yeah? All of you? That's very cool. That's cool. Let's get to the kids a moment tonight. I want to pray for these guys, and I want to believe God. You know, I was in a meeting a little while ago, and uh, the power of God came down in the meeting, and so the power of God came down in such a weird way. Is that a word that you could use, weird? Unusual is a better word, unusual. And so there were too many people in the building, and they couldn't fit the kids anymore, which really we should have just kicked the adults out and kept the kids. (laughs) I bet you do. And anyway, so they wanted to get rid of the kids, and I said, well, before the kids go, let's pray for them all. And we got a whole, I think we had like 180 kids there, and we got the kids all up the front, and uh, we prayed for the kids. (laughs) There we go. It's a lot of kids, man. You'd like that. And are you going to eat the core? (laughs) The way you're getting into that. Um, Um... Anyway, so I thought it would be a good idea to pray for the kids before they went out. But when we prayed for them, the power of God hit every kid in the place. Like there might have been two that the power of God didn't hit. But they all ended up flat on their back. And here's the weird thing. Like they never got up again. So they, could, they couldn't say goodbye to the kids. I don't know what happened. It's like, honestly, it was the weirdest thing. And anyway. Where'd he go? Oh, he's back. Right. Be interesting being your teacher. 
Here we go, kids. So I want to pray for you tonight. Let's, let's good on you guys. You've got rid of your apples. That's fantastic. <laughs> I don't know why they find it funny either, man. It's just getting rid of an apple core, weren't you? Let's pray for your kids right now. Because I believe that God's going to touch your lives tonight. And I believe that the best is yet to come. I reckon God's going to just touch your life in such a powerful way tonight. You're going to have great friends as you walk through life. Great friends. And they're going to help you to really focus on what your cause is and what you're here for and what you're all about. This young man here, I believe you're going to be a young man, young woman, man, man, yeah, man of God. Thought I might be getting it wrong there the way you're looking at me. Um, but here's what I believe is going to happen to you tonight. Faith is going to come on you as a young boy. How old are you? Age? Only 11. You're going to be a giant of faith anyway. But at the age of 11, faith is going to come on you and you'll be a man Jesus. of faith, okay? Jesus. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God, for this young guy. Yeah. I think this is what God's telling me. Courage, a courageous spirit. Yeah. You, six, and six and a half. That's cool. With a courageous... Three days, it's, my it's only three days till your birthday. I do. I like you. <laughs> but you're going to be a very courageous young man. This man here, I want to tell you, grab a hold of a musical instrument. I believe you're going to pray music and lead five people. Years old. Five years old. Thank you. I forgot that. <laughs> Very important fact. Very important Bless fact. Him, Bless him with that in Jesus' name. What's your name, honey? Georgia. Georgia. That's right. How old are you, I meant to ask? Nine years old. Georgia, here's what I reckon. You are going to have the ability to transform atmospheres. When you walk in a room, the place is going to change because Georgia turned up. And George is going to turn up with the confidence of God on the inside. So confidence is going to be the gift that God gives you. And you will know that without a shadow of doubt through your life. And here's the deal, mate. I reckon that you're going to be a young man who's going to have a great identity. A lot of people have an identity crisis today. But you'll know who you are and whose you are. And you'll never be wondering, where do I fit? How do I fit in? Because God's blessing and his hand is upon your life. And Olivia, I told you the other day, but the favor of God is on your life, young girl. And you're going to walk with the favor of God. You're going to know the favor of God. God's going to open doors that other people will wonder how they hang. Did Olivia ever make it into that realm? But God's favor is all over you. Let's stretch your hand toward them tonight. This is incredibly significant. Father, I pray for these children tonight. Why don't you kids just lift your hand toward Jesus tonight, just like that, like here, here's what it's like, it's actually like, Daddy God, pick me up, if you want to, uh, you know, when your father picks you up, that's what it's like, here I am, Father, in Jesus' name, I speak an anointing over your life tonight, and I pray the power of God, and the anointing of the Spirit, man of faith, that's what I call you, man of faith and power, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord God, for the incredible release of your Holy Spirit on these children tonight, Father, I give you praise right now, and I thank you for an overflow of the anointing in Jesus' name. God, we came here tonight, but I believe right now that there are children here standing on this altar that will see the greatness of God. You're going to see revival. You're going to see the power of God. And in Jesus' name, I impart an anointing on your lives tonight that you will carry for the rest of your days in Jesus' name and see the greatness of God. The best is yet to come. Give the kids a hand clap tonight.
All right, you guys can go back to your parents now and let them look after you. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Colossians, I want to just read you one verse tonight from Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. How many believe we are world changers? If the best is yet to come, then surely we need to believe that there's something that God's got a purpose for in our lives. And so I want to, I want to just read tonight because I believe that here's a Tuesday night and we're in church. This is fantastic, you know. Open your heart tonight and let God deliver something and deposit something on the inside. So it's not just, you, the worst thing we can do is live off the last message we heard. The best thing we can do is live off a power pack on the inside of us called the Holy Spirit. If That's why I say if you haven't got them, just, man, just make it to the altar tonight and say, pray that I get the Holy Spirit. For goodness sake, you can't live without it, okay? Even if you've never been in church before, I want to tell you this is the best place you could ever be in the house of God. This is where marriages come together, marriages are healed, lives are healed, children are raised with faith in God. Some of the greatest things that are birthed in your life can happen in the house of God. That's why when Samuel, uh, Samuel's mother knew that he was called to be a young man of God. She got him to be an intern in the house of God. In fact, he slept in the house of God and he caught something in the house of God that changed his world. I believe you can catch something here tonight and I pray that it gets really catchy in here tonight that you walk out of here with something on your life, okay? In Jesus' name. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13 says this, okay? He has delivered us. Not going to, he has, all right? Everybody yell out, has. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves in whom we have redemption and forgiveness from sin. Shout if you like, but that's a fantastic verse. It's telling you that no matter what your past is, that God transforms lives. It's telling you no matter what darkness you were in, even coming here tonight, that God has taken you out of darkness and into light. Yeehaw! Get excited about it. I'm going to read you it in another version because none of you got excited about that, right? Very few of you did. Got excited. So here's another version, all right? This is kind of... This is the Clarence Jordan translation, so you'll be lucky to find it, so don't look for it. Uh, not tonight, anyway. But the Clarence Jordan, Jordan translation, I really love. It's sort of the Bible I live out of, really. And it puts it like this. It's, that same verse, it says, He has sprung us. I love that. If you've ever been behind bars, don't put up your hand. But, but if you've ever been behind bars, it is an incredible thing to be sprung. It's an incredible thing to be out, to be free. Sadly, most people are behind bars are not behind the bars that a lot of people are out are behind. And a lot of people who appear to be free are behind incredible bars. And their lives are locked down and they're peeping out of bars most of their lives. And unfortunately, that sometimes happens even in church. I know that's hard to believe, but even in church. So tonight I want to say that God is here to break prison bars tonight okay 
the bars on your mind, the bars on your eyes that stop you from seeing, the bars on your emotions because you've carried the pain of yesteryear instead of letting it go in Jesus' name because is there power in the blood of Jesus or is there not? I believe that Jesus came to set us free. That's why Clarence Jordan says it like this. He has sprung us from the jailhouse of darkness and turned us loose in the new world of his son. You've been sprung. Come on. No more bars, no more chains, because you meet too many people who are chained down. And God wants to, look, honestly, when they're dancing up the front here, get out of your seat and get up here and dance. I can never understand why you wouldn't. I love it. Love it. Church was never meant to be a drudgery, something you have to endure. It's meant to be the greatest party on earth, where Jesus sets a captive free, where we have fun, where we party. We sing that. We, did you sing that song tonight? Anyway, we're gonna, that was written in New Zealand, incidentally, just by a church just in a road. This is how we party. Man, let's be known for the, the greatest people on earth who know how to really party. No hangovers, just the presence of God and a great tomorrow. He has sprung us from the jailhouse of darkness and turned us loose in the new world of his son. That is something to get incredibly excited about tonight. I want you to begin to breathe it, understand it, and walk in it in Jesus' name, okay? Tim, stand to your feet. Right, where's that gorgeous wife of yours? Is she here tonight? Let, wait, wait till I see her. It's the second time she's missed church. And uh, Father, she is pregnant for those of you who don't know, all right? That will do things to you. <laughs> Father, I want to thank you for this man. I thank you. Just as you came walking in then, God said there's another level. You don't need another level. You're already there. But there is another level for your life in the spirit, okay? And God says, I want you to prepare yourself when this baby's born. God said, I'm going to let you see things from my perspective in such a new way that there's going to be another level in your life that you will attain to and you will see the incredible of God and the miraculous of God to a greater degree from that perspective that you will be on. Your faith will be more compelling and you will know that the hand of God has borne you for such a time as this. And Father, I thank you for what you're breathing into this young man's life right now and I thank you for the anointing on him and I pray right now from the top of your head to the sole of your feet, God release the fire of God on him tonight and let an anointing flood right through his spirit in Jesus name, in Jesus name in Jesus name Hallelujah we always pick on the people in the front row but someone down the back, when I was praying for Tim I'm sure like in the spirit realm somewhere I heard someone down the back saying Man, I wish I could get a word from God like that. I need a prophetic word. Don't all put your hands up at once. I'm going to pray for that lady there who just put a hand up. You were so quick, quick, quick. Quick's the way to go too. Quickly, come down here. Quickly. Yeah, you, that's you. Lift your hands right there as you come and lift your hands up toward heaven because the power of God comes on you tonight. And I believe that the message I'm preaching tonight, that tomorrow is better than what today was, that the best is yet to come, that what God's got in store for you is 
beyond your imagination. What you could imagine is God's got more than that for you. And all you have got to do is put your trust in his name. All you've got to do is let him have first seat in your life. Because a lot of people, their priorities get wrong. But God said, and I'm sure you're doing the right thing. Yeah. It really doesn't matter what you do. Just as great what you're doing. Father, touch her with your power right now. Let an anointing come on her that's a breakthrough anointing, that's a world-changing anointing. And Father, I pray right now, breathe on her with your anointing and fill her with the Holy Spirit tonight that this young woman would carry the power of God in her life in Jesus. I prophesy that you'll see people's lives change, that you'll see dead people rise up, that you'll see blind eyes healed in Jesus' name. Get ready for what God's going to do in your world. Can it ever happen? Can it ever happen to her? Because here's the deal. About 34 years ago, oh no, it was longer than that. It was 34, 35, 36, two years before I got born again. An elderly man by the name of George Thomas came walking out of his house one morning. He didn't ring noise control because of our party like unfortunately some Christians do. They get annoyed at the party next door and phone noise control. Whatever happened to the power of prayer? Whatever happened to let's change the neighborhood? Whatever happened to greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world? Whatever happened to some of the dynamics that can shift atmospheres and change circumstances in Jesus' name? So instead of ringing noise control about my wild party, he waited until I came out of my house in the morning and then he came over and he whacked his hands on my head and he said, young man, get ready for the power of God to come on. Now, I'm not a Christian. I'm I'm not going to church. I don't know anything about church. I have no clue what a prophetic word is. I have no understanding what a word of knowledge is. But he just puts his hand on my head anyway. He just come running out. I didn't have a chance to argue whether he should pray for me or shouldn't pray for me. He just prayed. In Jesus' name, young man, the fire of God's going to come on you. You're going to walk in the power of his name. You're going to see dead people rise. You're going to see the power of God. You'll be an evangelist to the nations. Look out what could happen right here. You'll be an evangelist to the nations. You'll take the gospel and see thousands upon thousands of lives changed. And you'll even see the might of my power touch nations in Jesus' name. Get ready for what God's doing in your life. Now, even I didn't believe that was a possibility. I went back to my wife, Julia. We were newlyweds at that time. That's why we were still partying. And um, some people have even lost that. And so I went back to Julia and I said, man, what were we taking last night? Because it must have been good. Because I just walked out there and the guys told me all the stuff I'm going to do. And I don't know, what the, what the heck was that, you know? What was it? Anyway, two years later, I got radically born again. God touched my life. And everything that that guy prophesied over my life, almost everything now has almost happened. And I reckon, I reckon, give it, give it an, I was going to say give it another 10, but give it another 20 when I get to 80, and I reckon that's when the best part will happen. Because a lot of us give up at 60 and we think we've made it, but the reality is if you read the Bible, Caleb said, we're just beginning at 80. At 80, he said, now I'm ready to fight. At, at 80, Joshua was like, now. 
I can take my promise. Let's cross over into the promises of God. So you have got promises that are right here for you tonight. I want you to grab a hold of them and run with them. The best is yet. Let's yell that out tonight. Come on, the best is yet to come. Otherwise, we get hooked up. Now, one of the things, if you want to live in God's best, okay, you've been released from the jailhouse of darkness, okay? Released from the jailhouse of darkness. Let's live like we're free. Don't keep wearing the striped jailhouse pajamas. Get rid of them. And, you know, you see people are sort of in the, in the jailhouse choir now. They're out. They're still wearing striped pajamas, but they're sort of not free. They're kind of religious, you know. But let's get free and start rejoicing in God. Break loose a little. Cause your angels to have a couple of worries about you. Some of you, your angels are bored. They're bored with you. You're too boring. Make your angels do a little bit of work. Some of you, your angels, want to. they want to move to someone like me. That's why I've got lots of angels angels around me because I need them. You're wondering where your angels are. They're looking after me because I need angels. I reckon we've got to live a little bit on the air. When I walk into places of darkness, I need God with me. I need God with me. I got a phone call the other night from a, um, a prominent, um, uh, not, not from the guy actually, sorry. I got a phone call from a girl who used to come to our church and who shifted away and she phoned me up because, and she said this to me, Pastor Don, I wonder if you could help out. I've got some friends who are having problems with the devil. (laughs) Now, most people freak out right there. The devil. But if I read my Bible correctly, Jesus conquered the devil at Calvary, snatched the keys off him, dragged him through hell and made an open spectacle out of him so that you and I can be released from the jailhouse of darkness and be set free into a new day of freedom and hope. So let's buy into that. It's just called the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, basic instruction before leaving earth. It's, it's simple. Just get a hold of it. So when she called up, she said, um, they're having problems because the devil seems to be in our house. And if you could come and help, that's not a problem to me. So I'll turn up. So I turned up at the, I said, look, how many people are in the house? She said, look, there's, there's me. We're all flatting there. There's about eight of us. When I got there and I knocked on the door and they invited me in, there's like 18 people there. And so I said, I thought there were only eight. And they said, yeah, well, we've got a few friends who have come to see an exorcism. And uh, which is always interesting to me because never when I read the Bible does Jesus let the devil have any victory. It's not a sideshow. It's not some kind of a, a performance. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that sets us free and gives us the victory in Jesus' name. Why can you have the best is yet to come yet? Because today God has set you free. Today you've got the victory. We're not even waiting for tomorrow. He already did it 2,000 years ago. You've already got it today. So here they are. There's 18 of them in the house. And I'm like, well, what's going to happen now? And so they're all looking at me wide-eyed like there's going to be an exorcism over this situation. I said, look, there will be no exorcism. But I said, here's what you do need. 18 of them. There's, there's, there's very famous people in our city who sing at our, in some of our big, they're the famous singers and stuff in our city. 
to their having issues with their lifestyle because you can have every bit of success you like. But if Jesus is not at the top of your triangle, if he's not the one who's ultimately at the pinnacle of your life, you will have issues with whatever success you get. And we see that all the time. Just recently, yesterday, I think, Muhammad Ali died. Two days ago, sorry. A little while ago, Prince died. A little while before that, um, Michael Jackson died. Very successful. You'd have to agree with me, they're very successful people. Yet every one of them had problem, massive problems with their mind, with depression, with, with those mind attacks, simply because you can attain all the success in the world, but if Jesus is not at the top of your triangle, you are going to miss out on the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says you've got to have him in the middle of everything. So I turn up in the house and I say, well, here's the first thing, guys. If you haven't got your life right with Jesus, if you aren't praying and covering yourself with the blood of Jesus, the devil's going to come out of wherever it is in this house and get into you. I really enjoyed saying that. This is why it's scary to even be in church. That's why when you're in church, get right. Get right. I remember when I first started going to the church, the guy who came out and put those words on me, finally we get saved. Finally we end up, actually by some sort of fluke, we end up in his church. His name was George Thomas. His, his, the person who discipled him was, was Smith Wigglesworth. Some of you might have heard of him. And Smith Wigglesworth trained George on how to be a man of God. And, and Smith Wigglesworth met George in a, in a Welsh coal mine where he walked into the coal mine one day and George was an 18-year-old boy who had already had his lungs cut to pieces with the silicon because he'd been working in there since he was six years old. So at 18, his lungs were already cut to ribbons with the silicon in the lung. Nonetheless, he became a man of God. And Smith prophesied that same word over George's life and said, you're going to go into all the world and preach the gospel and see signs and wonders. And he came to New Zealand. And guess where God parked him? He lived right next door to me, glory to God. That's a miracle right there. So I had no chance. And can I say this tonight? You've got no chance because God's in this house and he has singled you out because he wants you to know that the best is yet to come. And the best yet to come usually has something to do with a God anointing on your life because without God, it won't be the best. It'll be like people who have attained great success but had no peace and had no clarity in their mind because you can have all the pleasures of this world and a lot of people want it and so they substitute God and they bump God off the edge of the seat to let somebody else sit beside them. He's hard to bump <laughs> off. But they bump God off and they push God and, and they allow things to push the God aspect out of your life. Can I say tonight, if Jesus set us free, let's give him the first place in our lives. Come on, the first place. Uh, it's, the, the, the illustration I may give you is that Got to get this one right. 43 years ago, I married a beautiful woman by the name of Julia. She's still my wife, incidentally. That's a miracle right there. And uh, so I married Julia. We had approximately 450 people turn up at our wedding banquet that day, which is all the blood just, just wanting a free feed, really. And... Um, what they didn't realize that I couldn't care less about them. I mean, I was only on that day for the honeymoon that was at the end of it. 
I didn't care. I hardly noticed them. Go eat at McDonald's. Go where you... I don't even care. But we're off. And, uh, but here's what happened. So I stood before 450 people, and I stood opposite to Julia, and I said, Julia, out of the three billion women in this world, I choose you as number one in my life. Well, actually, sorry, back then it would have been about 2.5 billion. 2.5 billion women in this world, I choose you to be number one. Now, you imagine if I said to her on that day, Julia, you are beautiful and I love you and you're making my life fantastic. But out of all the three, 2.5 billion people in this world, I choose you to be number two. How many know she'd probably be just a touch annoyed? May you get a slap. But we do that to God all the time. We let other priorities bump God out of our world. And he gets bumped off. It's like we make a commitment to God, but we live our lives less than passionate about the cause of Christ in our lives. And all these other priorities begin to mount up. It's a little bit like going to the gym, if you like. There's lots of people that have great intentions at the beginning of the year after they've eaten all the Christmas dinners and everything. And then in January, we're all going to go to the gym and lose our belly. But what happens even now, what are we in now? January, February, March, April. It's June already. My goodness. Where did that year go? By June, we had good intentions. Our words said it all. But how many know that actions speak louder than words? Actions speak louder. That's why James said, faith without works is dead. So if you want to have the power of God in your life, and I believe we all do tonight, then let's have some actions that cause an angel or two to get involved in the power of God in our life. Is this okay? Right, let's live that life. That I want to challenge you over the edge a little bit tonight. Let, let's change the world. Let's win a person or two to Christ. Let's change a city in Jesus' name. He didn't pull us out of the bars for just to have a cruisy old funny religious life. Jesus set us free to be the most radical people on the planet. We should be believing that the best is yet to come. If you're running a business, you should be believing that business will fund the kingdom of God. You should be believing if you're running a family that they will grow up to love God and serve God. We should have the power of God in our lives very quiet in this Presbyterian church sometimes you just got to give it to those black churches in America don't you I've preached in a few black churches and I'll tell you what like they are just screaming the whole time and the funny thing is when they scream you seem to out preach yourself in fact they start screaming and they're yelling at you and you're going for it and they seem to get you inspired and pretty soon you're wanting to take notes on your own preaching sort of gets happening and, 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 but that's in a black church. And, uh, but, but let me say this tonight, that if we allow God to get bumped out of first place, you know, and people say to me, well, why should he be in first place? Because he's God. You're not even here. If he didn't set us free, number one, create the universe and put you on the plate. But it's amazing how it happens. You know, I was out, Julia and I were out the other night at some function and Julia got up and left the room. I don't, I don't think she was mad. She just got up and she had to go somewhere. And, uh, and it was weird because she got up and of course she left a blank seat there and it was packed out. And so, next thing somebody comes walking in and they put, they put their gear on her seat. And I was like, excuse me. That seat is actually taken. But we do that all the time. See, imagine, this is what happens. See, we're sitting there just like you two. 
Are you together? Like married? No. Anyway, imagine this. This could be a word. Anyway, imagine this. Imagine, because this happens all the time. You see, God wants to be with us. He wants the number one seat in our lives. And I want to say to some people, it's time to reprioritize God's position in your life because we want a miracle. We want fire. It's all nice. I, I love miracles too. But we've somehow got to commit to living it out. God will give you a miracle to change the world. God will give you a miracle to shift some dynamic in the workplace or wherever you are. But God wants you to be on fire. So what happens is there's a lot of things that come along in life. A lot of things. In our world today, there are more distractions than you could imagine. And you imagine if I start squeezing in here and try, you know, next thing, what's your name, sorry? Renee. And I'm bumping Renee off the seat. And he's probably going to get a little upset (laughs) and stand up and in the nicest possible way say, excuse me, this seat is taken. And that's what we need to do with God. When things start to bump God out of the way in our lives and we lose our passion and our enthusiasm for the things of Christ, we need to say, hold on a minute, this seat is taken. God is going to be in this seat for the rest of my days. But we let things bump God out. And I want to challenge you tonight, if Jesus was good enough to set us free from the prison bars of darkness and give us light in our lives, there's got to be a purpose for that. Are you, is this making any sense to anybody? Because, and I just want to give you a couple of points on that tonight. If the best is yet to come, here is how, here is how it's going to happen, okay? The best, yell it out again, the best is yet to come. Number one, you've got to learn how to bounce. You've got to learn how to bounce. Now, the only way you'll ever bounce, in my opinion, if I brought a ball, and I wish I had a ball here tonight, I should have brought one. And uh, if I brought a ball and it had no air in it, we throw it on the ground and it doesn't get off the ground. But if, no matter how hard we throw it, in fact, the more air in it, the harder we kick it, the better it is. It goes further, bounces better. It's got more, um, what do you call it, um, travel, distance. What was your word? Same word, travel. Momentum is the word I'm looking for the more air in it. So I'm going to say to you tonight, the only way you will ever bounce in the kingdom of God is by getting filled with the breath of the Holy Spirit. It's simple, but it's the truth. It's just the simple, basic truth. See, people are always asking me, Don, how on earth did you get your whole street saved? Because I was a bouncy ball. You've got to know how to bounce a bit. Here's the, th- here's the deal. If you don't know how to bounce, you will get offended within a week in church. I tell you, it's so easy to get offended. I meet so many offended Christians. Well, they call themselves Christians, but they're offended. That almost cuts you out because where there's no forgiveness, Jesus said, if you can't forgive, uh-oh, I can't forgive. So that's massive. So think about that with your offense. Think about, think, I cannot even have offense in my world because it cancels out the love of Christ in my world. Because I have to be unforgiving to be offended. I have to carry some sort of an issue in my life which they probably don't even know about, which is like drinking, getting poison for the other guy and drinking it yourself. So 
get over a fence by being filled with the Holy Spirit so that you bounce a little bit in Jesus' name. That's my first. It's a very important point because a lot of people try to live their lives with unforgiveness. We want the power of God. We want to have the best as yet to come. We want a revival in our lives. Friend, if you want a revival, forgive. Yell out, I'm going to forgive. And I'm, honestly, I've only got to my, my first point. I've just seen the clock. Forgive. I was going to give you a couple of stories about forgive. I'm, I'm good at forgi- I think I'm good at forgiving, okay? Julia, she takes a lot longer. And, uh, and uh, <coughs> she's not here. Please don't send this recording to her. And, uh, but, but to forgive to me, to forgive to me is not a problem because Jesus forgave me of so much. So I really don't have an issue with forgiving. It's like, let's forgive and move on in Jesus' name. Because if the best is yet to come and you're hanging on to stuff that you haven't forgiven yet, it's going to stop you from enjoying God's promises in your world. This is the gospel I'm preaching to you now. This is like, let go and let God. Forgive. You need to know how to bounce, okay? Need to know how to bounce. If you don't know how to bounce, you'll miss out on what God. And the second thing I want to give you tonight is that you need to know how to create your own atmosphere. Create your own atmosphere. See, I refuse to live in the atmosphere that other people present to me. Mean atmospheres, bitter atmospheres, unforgiving atmospheres. So I'm going to arrive with my own atmosphere. So this is what the Bible says. Here's a very simply in the Bible. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. This is what Jesus said. So, like, have you ever, like, do you guys eat porridge in this place? Porridge. How many eat porridge, please? Okay. And, and maybe you've got weird tastes in Australia, I don't know. But, but how many have ever eaten porridge and they forgot to put the salt in? And it's ugly, right? You're Aussies, you probably like it. We hate the porridge if it hasn't got salt in it, okay? It's horrible. It's, it's, it's just wrong. It's not right. And so many people forget to put the, put the salt in the porridge to make it taste great. Now, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. If the salt has lost its savor, then what good is it any longer? We need to be the saltiest people on the earth, that we bring a great flavor wherever we go. If the best is yet to come, then God is saying, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to anoint you to bring a great flavor. Potato chips, okay? We had this guy in our church. Some of you may have heard this story. But we had this guy in our church called Peter. Should I even mention his name? Peter. Peter had a few issues in this process of thought. And so what would happen is that Peter loved the salt on the chips. So you'd go and visit Peter. I remember the first time we ever went and visited Peter and his beautiful wife, and Julia and I are the guests. They've invited the pastors for dinner, so we sit down, and they bring out a bowl of chips. Now, I, when you first arrive at a place, you expect a few chips and stuff, you know? Potato chips, there they are, some nice drink to go with it. And so I'm like, I'm the first in. And I took the first chip, and it was disgusting. It, 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 it kind of melted on my tongue stuck to my tongue and melted and uh, I was like got to be something wrong with these chips and you know what you do you always you try another one to see if it was the one you had that had the problem 
So I took yet another chip and I put it in the same thing. It was disgusting. And it was so bad, I couldn't eat any more. And then he came in and he said, is there a problem with the chips? And I said, well, yes, there is. They seem to be incredibly soggy and they've got no flavor. And he just, just real casual. Oh, that's because I like licking the salt off them before they go in the bowl. Look, he said it. I can assure you, when he said it, just like I said it, oh, that's because I like licking the salt off them first. I didn't laugh. I was disgusted. I wanted to go find a bathroom and get every bit of chip that had been in there out of me. Now, unfortunately, unfortunately, some of us are actually like those potato chips. We've lost our saltiness. We've lost our zing. If the best is yet to come, you better be excited about it. Like we're talking tonight, the best is yet to come. Even God's prophetic word over your life, sir, with the white shirt on there, who's hungry for something tonight, even over your life tonight, God would say that if the best is yet to come, prepare yourself for what's in front of you by putting in place some strategic moves right now that will accommodate what God's about to do in your life. There's a word for you right there because God's going to do that miracle that you've been believing for and God's going to witness it in your family and you'll see the power of God. God over your home in Jesus' name. Where are the people from this other town over here? Where do you come from? Miraburra. Let's get you all up here. I just really feel right then to prophesy over some Miraburra people. Simply because I was just thinking about the Miraburra. God said Miraburra, is it? Miraburra? Come on, line up across the front here. We're going to prophesy over you. We're going to speak some of that George Thomas Smith Wigglesworth anointing over you in Jesus' name. I mean, that's not by chance that he speaks over my life. Not by chance that something goes down from generation to generation like that. People running all over the world to try to get an anointing on their life. Just get one right here tonight, okay? Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? Because I like you, Maryborough people, because you come. How long does it take to get here? Huh? 20 minutes? 20. Half hour. You guys, God forgive them for breaking the rules of the law. Apparently you're getting here too soon. Come on guys, let's stretch your hand. This is like, this is what's happening here tonight. I feel that God's imparting something to people that we go out of this room and we literally live different. It's no good turning up to church if we go home with some, you know, I've been to meetings where you've got a street of notes. Never read them again after you leave the place. You never read those notes again. You should, but you don't. And so we have all these notes. We don't understand what the heck they're about after we get out of here because it was just so theological. But sometimes God just wants to impart something, one supernatural key in your life that unlocks you to be salty. And I want to say to the Maryborough people, 
get ready. God's about to make you saltier than you've ever been before. And God's about to do something in Maryborough. And God is going to move by his spirit. You, God didn't put you there for the fun of it. God put you there to bring a transformation into people's lives. I believe it's going to happen. I believe you're going to catch something. I believe some of you already have in this meeting. And I believe that God's about to open your eyes to see what people can't see. Some of you are going to begin to operate in words of knowledge. And prophetic things are going to happen in your world. You're going to see things that others can't see, basically. Because that's what salvation is all about. God equips us to be mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And I believe you're about to see some incredible breakthroughs in God, okay? We're talking people getting saved in your city right now in Jesus' name. So get ready for it. Lift your hands to the Lord right now. And I prophesy that over you. And I prophesy, in fact, in Jesus' name, there's an anointing on your life that automatically breaks shackles. In Jesus' name, a new authority comes on you. Holy Ghost power comes. Boy, the anointing's all over this. Holy Ghost, you Maryborough people are going to begin to flow in the power of God. Take it, sister, the power of God's on you tonight. Just don't take me with you in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, I don't want to live in Maryborough. In Jesus' name, Lord, let an anointing come on this young woman. Holy Ghost, right now, walk in the power. God's put the power on your life. And in Jesus' name, Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, I crack open heaven over your world. Let the power of God get on her in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, Holy Ghost, more, 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 in Jesus' name. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap, right? Come on. In fact, let's take a praise break and get on our feet tonight. Come on, let's take a praise break. I'm only on point two, but we need a praise break tonight. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. This is why David said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Like all you got, like if we've got no taste. If I'm up here just bored sitting on a stool telling you about how many props were in the temple, there's nothing going to change probably in your world. But if we're releasing a spirit of faith that shifts an atmosphere and causes an anointing to come on these guys where they go back to Maryborough with some saltiness on them in Jesus' name and people lick you and they get satisfied because they go home and they say, there's something about these people that's got an anointing on it in Jesus' name. We don't want ordinary. We're supernatural people. Jesus. Sit down again so we can finish this meeting. <laughs> Incidentally, I was just in a church. Time's up, Pastor Ross. We've got to stop. You reckon we're right, but I think a lot of people have got a lot of stuff to do. Um, I was just in a church in America, C3 America, C3 America, yeah. And seriously, those guys, they've got quite a few black people in there. But they were so radically, I think there was 2,000 of them in the room, they were so radically excited, they were just on their feet cheering all night. And I had to say, look, just sit down and let's just get boring about this message because you couldn't even preach. It was crazy. God's exciting. When when we say the best is yet to come, the best is yet to come. Believe that tonight is a prophetic word from God. 
so back to where I was, so I walk into this house, I sit them all down, and I say, right now I'm going to pray over you guys that the blood of Jesus will protect you from whatever happens when we cast this devil out. And so they're all like, their eyes are huge. They've never, ever been anywhere. All they've seen is the exorcism on TV. Why do we let TV be the proclamation of our gospel? Why do we let the movies be the effectiveness of Christ in our nation? Why isn't it us turning up that says that's a load of bull what you're watching on the movies? The power of God sets people free in Jesus' name. They're never the same again. And have a look. If you don't believe it, look at me. I'm a walking miracle in Jesus' name. And we should be able to say that because we're all miracles because once we walked in darkness and now we walk in the light. Is this any good? So just live like that. My, my neighbors were knocking on my door to find out what the heck happened to me. They were coming over, rat tat tat whatever's happened to you, we need to know about it. Why would they ask that? When we carted our TV out on the front lawn, I don't recommend this, incidentally. This is, I'm not preaching now, I'm just telling a story. We carted our TV out on the front lawn, we carted all our alcohol out and tipped it over the TV, then the kids threw bricks at the TV, then we took out all our, oh my God, that was a mistake, we took out all those 33 and a half inch, those vinyl albums, they're, ba- they're back! They would have been worth a fortune, they're back. Just saw a shop full of them in America. 33 and a half, deep purple, ACDC, all on top of the TV. Then we stood back. All the neighbors, you can imagine the neighbors, like they're all like, <laughs> what the heck's happened to this family? Yesterday we were having the wildest party in the street. Today we're cutting the TV out on the front lawn. We're stacking all the records on top of it, putting all our alcohol on top of it. And then we stood back and all the kids and me all rejoiced as I flew a ma- threw a match at it. And the whole thing went up in a puff of flames. <laughs> That's why the whole, the whole street got saved. Because they'd never seen anything like it in their lives. The problem is, most of the time, people have seen, like, they've seen stuff like us. Christians that have no joy, they've seen that before in any old religious church you go to there's lots of people sitting there sucking their thumb while the preacher's preaching, falling asleep propping their eyes open with pins and all sorts of stuff to try and stay awake they've seen that, it's on TV all the time, but they haven't seen anything that is a demonstration of the power of God that sets the captives free, and we need to be that, so when we did that it was like quite a few of them took notice and wanted to know why we had burned the TV And I'm still trying to work that out. (laughs) But, you know, here's one. If you read the Bible and you'll find in 2 Kings chapter 18, I think it is, that Elijah built an altar and burned all the bull. Burned the bull. That's basically what we did. We just burned the bull. Anything that was in our life that was a distraction. Because you've got to remember, our marriage was falling apart. Our life was falling apart. Our, our whole world was upside down. And then Jesus came in. And it was we were set free from darkness. We were let out of prison. And we were free. And I never wanted to get bound up again. So we burned everything that may affect us. And I'm not saying do that because we've now got a bigger TV than the one we had then. <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. I never watch it, but it's there. 
Anyway, so trying to get that story finished. Okay. So anyway, then we, so I said, well, here's what's going to happen now. Now that we've covered you all in the blood of Jesus, we're going to go and get the devil out of your house. So I said, we'll start from the kitchen and we'll work our way through. Just follow me. So I had brand new congregation. Some people are looking for a, a life group or a home group. I had an automatic one just like that. Follow me. 18 of them. We're all walking through the house. We go into the first room, second room. And I said, devil, get out of here, get out of here. And then we went to go into one of the bedrooms, the bedroom where the trouble had been. And they could, nobody could walk in, only me. I just walked in there. I'm not intimidated by the devil. And anyway, none of them could come in. And there was a young Maori girl. And, and usually the... the what, what do you call the people who are the originals in your country? Huh? Indigenous. The indigenous people are usually a little more sensitive than we are to the spirit world. And so this young Maori girl, she came up to the door and it was like she got hit with something and she reeled back and burst into tears. And she said, "There's no, I can't go in, can't you? She started shaking. She couldn't go in there. She was terrified. And I said, well, hang on, let me go in and sort it out first. So I just walked in that room and I said, devil, you will never trouble this room again. And I am booting you out of this house tonight in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Then, Then I said to the girl, come on in, honey, it's all cool now. And she walked in there and she said, wow, what just happened? The peace of God is in here now. And remember, these are not people, they don't know about church. But she said, I feel the peace of God. And she started crying with a whole different thing because God started touching her life. Then we went from bedroom to bedroom. And I got to the last bedroom and I went to clean that. And I walked in the room and the Holy Spirit said to me, the man who lives in this room is the man who should have been cleaning the house out. So I was like, hold it. Who lives in this room? And then they pointed to this guy. His name was Joshua which would tell you something right there. No doubt raised in a Christian home. I said, Joshua, you've been raised in a Christian home and you have the call of God on your life and you went to Sunday school when you were a kid and you've walked away from God and it's time to get right with God tonight. And Joshua was like, who told you that? The Holy Spirit told me that. Because we operate in the gifts of the Spirit when we have the power of God on the inside of us. So Joshua right then starts crying his heart out. He's a 26-year-old young man, and he says, I want to get right with God right now. And I said, well, if he's getting right with God, why don't you all get right with God? And we went back to the lounge, and every single person in that house, including the TV stars, accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior that night. We're meant to walk in the power of God. It's called the saltiness of our lives should affect everything we're a part of. In Jesus' name, my time's up. I want to pray for you tonight. God, I thank you for the word we've heard tonight. I pray that we would catch something out of this tonight, that we would realize that the promises of God are amazing in our lives. But God, that you want us to be filled with your power. 
There's people here tonight who need to get filled with the power of God. I feel that there's about 10 people here tonight who need to be filled. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need to go out of here with some power inside you. There's people that have got your priorities wrong and you've allowed wrong priorities to be the king of your life. And God's saying, I want to shift that tonight. I want you to make God the number one priority in your world. And in Jesus' name, as I pray for you tonight, I pray, God, that you would unlock our lives tonight and bring us out of darkness and let us see in Jesus' name. So while you are there praying with me tonight, friend, I want to ask you, if you're not a Christian or you're not right with God, this would be the best day in the world to make a decision and say, God, I realize that the best is yet to come, but I'm in no position, I'm in no state to walk into your promises, but I want to prepare myself today by making myself right with God. Father, would you please forgive me? Would you turn my life around? I want to accept Christ as my Savior. I want to get my life right with God. Who is that tonight? Quickly lift your hand right now, and we'll pray for you and believe for me. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. That's absolute. God bless you, sir. That's amazing. Thank you. Who else is there tonight? Pastor Don, would you, God bless you right back there. Thank you, sir. Down the back, thank you. Is there anybody else right now? God bless you, sister. God bless you. That's awesome. Is there anybody else? Now? I don't want to miss out on you because I believe this is about as important as it was when I was in that room with all those kind of young adult people who thought they had life altogether. They'd never experienced it before, so there was the potential for them to be totally freaked out but they had realized the reality of the circumstances they were living in, and so they knew that God was their only hope. Let me tell you, friend, tonight I want to declare to somebody here, you're a visitor, you've been invited, I want to tell you Jesus Christ is your only hope tonight. And I believe that's a word from God for you tonight. It's time to get right with God. Who else is there that needs to get right with God tonight? If you're backslidden or away from God, you need to get right with God tonight. Who is that? Just lift your hand right now and I'll include you in a prayer tonight. Jesus' name. Who else is there? I believe there's somebody else right now. You need to get right with God. This is your opportunity. It's like this is your day. God bless you, sir. God bless you, mate. God bless you down the back there too. Thank you. Thank you. And over there, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I give you praise because I know the significance of this moment. I know that this moment is going to unlock lives, potential families, potentially, Lord God, entire neighborhoods will be affected by what's happening here right now. So, Father, I want to be the first to give you praise for a miracle in this house tonight in Jesus' name. Why don't we all stand to our feet tonight? Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.